All right, thanks, Scott Shannon. Happy, happy Friday. Man, I feel like I get hit by a truck every Friday. Don't you feel like that, guys? Everyone's looking at me, and they're all shaking their head. These weeks are rough. They're tough. They're just, you know, these are heavy times we're living in. Anyway, thanks for being with us. 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. I will tell you what I see emerging. I see a real fear factor in all things institutional against Donald Trump. I can see the Democratic Party scared to death. I can see the media mob scared to death. I can see the rhino Republicans, they're scared to death. I can't tell you how this election is going to play out. I can't. I, I mean, by the way, more people than ever, Gallup did a, uh, a survey. They, the confidence in this election's integrity is now at an all-time low. Can you blame anybody with all these last-minute rule changes that are taking place in so many swing states and all the court battles that have emerged out of such? You got new reports in the Washington Examiner that post office mailboxes have been vandalized, mail-in ballot applications shredded, the uh, people that have long been dead are now receiving ballots. None of it should be a surprise. Now less than six in ten Americans have confidence that votes will be accurately counted in next month's election. You know, I pointed out the Heritage Foundation, almost a thousand convictions on voter fraud in just recent years alone. We've gone over the specific examples. I won't do it again now. Overall, just 59% said they have confidence in the accuracy of the election and voting and vote counting. A low since, uh, you know, once before in 2008 in that election. Republicans, Republican-leading independents are expressing less confidence than the Democrats and Democratic leaders. Of course, why, why wouldn't they? Why would they? Why would Democrats? They're the ones that want to change all the laws. Um, the Texas mayoral candidate arrested on 84 counts of mail-in voter fraud. This is just the latest example. Uh, this guy, Zul Muhammad, running for mayor of Carrollton, Texas, arrested Wednesday night, now facing felony voter fraud charges after he allegedly sent 84 mail-in ballot applications. The Texas Attorney General, Ken Paxton, nice guy, by the way, announced that his election fraud unit assisted the Denton County Sheriff's Office in arresting this guy. 84 counts mail-in ballot application fraud, 25 counts unlawful possession of an official mail-in ballot. This guy faces now up to 20 years for the charges, and mail-in ballots are inherently insecure and vulnerable to fraud, and I'm committed to safeguarding the integrity of our elections, Paxton said. Well, we need every attorney general in every state doing it, and it shouldn't matter if you're a Democrat or a Republican. Do your job. Every American has a right to, to, that has a right to cast a vote ought to be able to cast it in a free and fair election. Anyway, U.S. Appeals Court blocked the extension of Wisconsin absentee ballots deadline. A federal judge granted an injunction requiring the Ohio Secretary of State to allow uh, ballot drop boxes. That's, I mean, and every single day now, it's like every swing state is in the middle of a fight over this. It's pretty unbelievable. Um, we have an investor's daily poll that has come out today. By the way, people, so the president's on my TV show last night. And he coughed twice. Okay. We all cough. Oh, you see, he's still the president sounded like as energetic as anybody that I know in life. 
This president works like 24-7. Ask anybody that is ever around President Trump. I have been around him a lot. He has the energy of 30 people. I mean, he, he wears out his staff. Trust me, because he's working and he works and it's nonstop. Anyway, so he sounded great. He was on with Rush today for two solid hours. You know, from what I heard, he didn't cough once. Good grief. It's like that's how insane things have gotten. Anyway, um, ID uh, Investors Business Daily, the tip poll, which was one of the few surveys that predicted the result within two points in 2016, now has uh, it at 48 percent of likely voters for Biden, 46 percent for Trump, well within the margin of error. And that happens to be a, a 5.6 uh, point, it's a 5.6 point drop for Biden's numbers since their last poll was released September 21st. I just listen, I, I just at the end of the day, I know you're going to have your hardcore Trump haters. But at the end of the day, everybody sees what I see. There's just very few of us that'll say it. And that is Biden is weak. He is frail, which is why he calls a lid on campaigning most days between 9 and 10 a.m. in the morning. You know, how convenient that the Commission on Presidential Debates. Oh, we can't. We unilaterally decide no second debate except it's going to be virtual. Well, the president is right not to be partake in that. You know, the, the, the campaigns are supposed to be consulted. And all of that to me is like, oh, OK, really? You don't want you don't want them to have a free and fair debate. Uh, and I'll tell you what it is. I suspect there is great fear that Joe Biden can't keep it together. You come on, man. You a junkie, man. We all these truths be self evident, and all men and women are created equal, endowed by all the th- you know the old the old thing. And it goes on from there. You, you get tested for cocaine, man. Come on, man. You're a liar, man. What, wait, wait, where does this come from? Anyway, Joe Biden is uh, now saying he won't reveal. Listen to what he says here. Now, I actually thought in the debate that the other night with, with Kamala Harris and Vice President Pence, and he just eviscerated her. But it wasn't the debate moderator that asked the question. It was Pence that brought up the issue of court packing. And I thought for a second, okay, they, they're going to dig themselves out of this hole. And they, what do they do? They dug a bigger hole. Listen to the, the, the part of the debate when Pence pressed on this. Judge Amy Coney Barrett is confirmed to the Supreme Court of the United States. Are you and Joe Biden, if somehow you win this election, going to pack the Supreme Court to get your way? Joe and I are very clear. The American people very are clear. voting right now. And it should be their decision about who will serve on this most important body. For a lifetime. Thank you, and, and Senator Harris. People, Susan, are voting right now. They'd like to know if you and Joe Biden are going to pack the Supreme Court if you don't get your way in this nomination. Let's talk about packing. You once Come again on. gave a non-answer. Joe Biden gave a non-answer. <laughs> trying to answer you the now. American people deserve a straight answer. <laughs> she wouldn't answer. Which just so happens that an interview with the New York Times that Kamala Harris gave she is open to packing the Supreme Court. Listen, are you open to expanding the size of the Supreme Court? I am open to that discussion. Do you want to elaborate on that or leave it there? No, I just I'm open to it. OK, I'm absolutely open to it. 
Let me tell you what their non-answer is. Their non-answer is they're going to pack the U.S. Supreme Court. This will be the, the largest constitutional, unconstitutional, or as the great one says, a post-constitutional America, uh, power grab ever. They, it's 25 days out of the election, and then Joe Biden says, I'll give you my answer after the election. What? Listen to this. Now, in my opinion, court packing when the election is over. Now, look, I know it's a great question, y'all, and I don't blame you for asking. But you know, the moment I answer that question, the headline in every one of your papers will be about that. Other than, other than focusing on what's happening now. Okay. Really? That's pretty unbelievable. So that means that they're going to pack the courts. Now, understand what that means here. And Chuck Schumer's out there saying everything is on the table. Now, there's been 29 openings in election years. And in spite of uh, Abe Lincoln being honest, Abe, as we pointed out yesterday, uh, it was lying Kamala on the issue of the case of Abe Lincoln because the Senate was out of session. And then he did nominate uh, uh, after the election anyway, when the Senate was back in session. But anyway... So how far do they go here? So this this means they want jurists. They want people that serve for life, unelected bureaucrats on the court that will literally shake up the constitutional separation of powers that's existed 150 plus years. And so that they will have a court that will legislate from the bench, ruled by executive fiat, thus usurping the constitutional authority and power of the legislative and executive branches of government. In other words, it will be their power grab of all power grabs. Everything's on the table. Legislative filibuster. Chuck said, you think I'm, you think I'm running for this position so I can be filibustered? That's gone. They'll pack the courts. They'll eliminate the filibuster. And that means all bets are off on everything. And I can guarantee you they'll be adding states where they believe they're going to get two more Democratic senators, like, for example, D.C. or Puerto Rico, wherever else they might be thinking about but not telling us about, so that you would have a, a Senate Democratic majority in perpetuity. This is now, th- this will, they can then shift this country and alter it in ways that I'm telling you are not only extraordinarily dangerous, but would render this country, based on their stated radical views, unrecognizable. That's the end. Of, look, they already said that, you know, everything's going to be free. They're lying about taxes. They're lying about fracking because we played all the tapes. They're lying and hiding, and they're not being transparent on their real agenda. And they're hoping... The American people will just say, okay, we trust you. Well, I don't trust them. I don't trust Biden either. And the fact, if you, that should be disqualifying in and of itself if you're not going to answer these questions. Anyway, the poll in Florida, insider advantage, that's our friend Matt Towery, and he does it for uh, Fox 35 in Orlando, now has a three point lead uh, for Trump in Florida, um, which I hope holds. I just I keep standing by. I cannot tell you what the outcome is going to be here, but I can tell you, you should be very alarmed at the idea 
that they'll be legislating from the bench things that liberals know that they could never get done at the ballot box, never accomplish legislatively by eliminating the filibuster, packing the courts, adding a, a perpetual uh, in perpetuity, a, a Senate majority of Democrats. It is then one party rule in this country, and it's the radical left rule. Because we all know that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are the most radical ticket of any mainstream party ever in the history of this country. Now, 25 days from now, you are the ultimate jury. You will make this decision. I can only inform you of how high the stakes are here. Because believe Chuck Schumer when he says it's all on the table. Believe Biden and Kamala Harris that they're open. Not only are they open, they're telling us they're going to pack the U.S. Supreme Court. Don't be surprised if they win that all of this transpires. And if it does, God help this country. Because I, th- I don't see a way to recover, to be honest with you. And then you're going to have open borders and amnesty. And, you know, they, they, they want one party rule in perpetuity which is what this is all about. All right, glad you're with us. Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. Uh, media trying to make a big deal. So in radio, and honestly, we have to use our dump button. How many dumps do we actually have in our system? About seven, right? Or so? We have a 40-second delay. A f- all right. Th- this show, what you're, you're hearing my voice in 40 seconds later uh, on delay because you have a delay system. Now, when you have Linda as your executive producer, she drops more F-bombs than anybody in the history of mankind. You need you need the 40 seconds because it gives you about six or seven shots at dumping it. Um, but app- and apparently it went out on the radio and said, hey, don't F with us. Or else you're going to feel the might of the United States. And it's but it did go out on Russia's ditto cam, apparently. And the media is trying to make a big deal about it. But, you know, ask yourself this question. Do you want the world to hear a president um, like Biden and sucking up to mullahs in Iran with a hundred and what, 50 billion in cash and other currency? Or do you want people to say, we've got the military might and we will eviscerate you for the cause of liberty and freedom and protecting the American people? And, it, and fundamentally, this is really what it's all about. You know, it's it, I like the, the one thing that I cannot understand in the minds of of either never Trumpers or rhino Republicans or Democrats and the media mob. And by the way, you should hear the media mob when they talk. Everybody curses. I curse. I've admitted it many times. Not as much as Linda. But I'm just telling you, it's like America. You're laughing because you know it's true. (laughs) And I I wouldn't even go near half the words that you use. I'm like, oh, first of all, first of all, nothing. You can't excuse yourself. I'm not trying to excuse myself. I'm proud of the way I speak. If I have something to say, but do we want you need a to tough president? It? Do we yes, want a president it. that's tough? Right. The answer for me is yes. Do you want a president that is a fighter for what he says Correct. he's going to do? Yes. Or do you want a guy? I'll tell you how I feel after the election. Yeah, we'll send the psychologist in with the police officers in the middle of the crime yeah, scene. Yeah, well, exactly. The, the that's exactly. Great. Work out wonderfully. I I, I do not understand. That's no, so it's like Matt Towery said, built Trump they tough. power at strength. And I'm like, no, yep. we, this is an evil world. You better be strong. 
All right, 25 to the top of the hour in 25 days, and you are the ultimate jury. Um, by the way, Linda wants to give a shout-out to our good friend, uh, World War II vet, 102 years old, Woody Snell. He's yeah, he was through. just 102 this this July, Sean. You had him on last summer. Yeah, and, I remember. Um, we, you know, he has great friends in his neighborhood that also listen to the show and gave me a little, dropped me a line, and they were like, hey, just wanted to let you know, even though we're having this crazy pandemic, Woody's walking around the neighborhood, staying strong, and just, you know, getting ready to vote for Trump. 102 years old, World War II vet. Just awesome. That's one thing I can promise you. I'll never make it to 102. Maybe <laughs> it's not going to happen. Not We're sending you off to the level. woods early. Not, not with the average <laughs> stress day that we have around here. Uh, anyway, 800. I, I don't understand. I'm having a hard time comprehending how there are people that can just accept that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris will not answer a fundamental question about court packing, something that would profoundly alter the 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 constitutional order of co-equal branches of government. I mean, separation of powers, because when you think about it and everything, if you, if you listen to what Chuck Schumer, Pelosi, Biden, Kamala, Bolshevik, Bernie. This is now their ultimate power grab. There may, listen, there, there may never be a competitive presidential race again if they are able to achieve what they're trying to achieve here. I mean, because think about this. You know, you assert the, the power and authority of two other branches of government you know, are we talking about packing the court with 11 justices or are we going to put 18 or are we going to put 35 liberal activist justices that will rule by executive fiat that will cite foreign constitutions? You know, then you then you end the legislative filibuster. Then you have, OK, how many new Democratic senators can we add by by declaring this is a state, this is a state and this is a state like D.C.? I mean, and then how far do you go from there? Do you just eliminate the Electoral College at that point and let, you know, states like New York and New Jersey and and California and Illinois and Oregon and Washington state pick the next every president? And where does it end? Where does this end? And to just so arrogantly, just steadfastly refuse to answer such a fundamental question about what is the 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 principal concept of co-equal branches and separation of powers you, it will now be the power that would that, that once existed with the with the legislative branch of government and the executive branch of government just the courts will take it all over depending on how radical the extremists are that they'll put on the court which they'll do and they're saying that it's all on the table. They're saying, they are telling you they're going to do it. Their non-answer is an answer. And I'll tell you the great fear that Biden and Kamala have is, yeah, we just can't say it because <laughs> then we'll totally alienate our radical left-wing base. So we can, he'll, Joe Biden, I'll tell you after the election, let me play this again, I'll tell you, the moment I answer this court, court packing question, the headline in every newspaper. OK, how about you tell us what your plans are for the country before you before we have the election? 
Well, some people have voted already, so it's too late. While you are hiding in your basement all, all summer long? Are you kidding me? I hope people are paying attention. This ought to scare the living hell out of you. It really should. Well, we're scared of Donald Trump. What are you afraid of? What, what is it that, that just makes the liberals and the mob and the media bubble and fizz like Alka-Seltzer in water at the, at the very mention of Donald Trump's name? I mean, it is, it is now that psychotic, and they're so full of this rage and so lacking in any, any sense of rationality. When it comes to Donald Trump, what did Donald Trump do as president? He, he, everything he said he was going to do. He told you who he'd put on the Supreme Court. He told you he would cut taxes. He did all of those things. He told you he'd eliminate burdensome bureaucracy. He told you that he would find the money and, and he found it and build a border wall. You know, he told you that he was not going to get lost in foreign entanglements for years and years and years. But he defeated the caliphate that Biden and Obama couldn't do. He took out Soleimani, Kamala Harris and Joe never even said a word, a good word about it. He took out Baghdadi and associates, took out the Al Qaeda leader in Yemen. He moved the capital in Israel to Jerusalem. It's rightful place. So many presidents promised he delivered. He he fulfilled his promise. Historic peace deals with the UAE and Bahrain, you know, better trade deals with the entire world. And yeah, to get better trade deals, they actually have to believe that you'll put the tariffs on them. And yeah, they believe Trump. I don't think they're going to put, have any fear of Joe Biden. Well, he cursed on Russia's show. Oh, too bad. Get over it. Like, and that's the other thing. They feign this outrage all the time. It's not real. They're not outraged. The media mob is not outraged. They fake it. Oh, it's like they have the vapors. Pretty funny front cover New York Post today. She's cuckoo. C-O-U-P, C-O-U-P. Russia, impeachment. Now Pelosi floats the 25th Amendment. Well, if Joe is as cogni- struggling cognitively like I think he may be, I don't know fully yet. Well, that might apply to him down the line. This, this new commission she wants to create. Uh, I mean, it's unbelievable who who we have to worry about who accepting the results of the election under no circumstances should Joe Biden concede the election. Wow. We played Kamala Harris. She's absolutely open to packing the courts. Are you open to expanding the size of the Supreme Court? I am open to that discussion. Do you want to elaborate on that or leave it there? No, I just I'm open to it. Okay, I'm absolutely open to it. Of course, I'm open to it. She supports it. Every position she has is is radical. Medicare for all, co-sponsor. New Green Deal, co-sponsor. No private health insurance, eliminate that. She supports it. Core packing, she's open to it. Scary. Executive order action to get rid of the Second Amendment. She's open to that too. I hope you're paying attention. I'm trying to, it's like, you know, here we are. Trying to warn everybody. I hope you take this information and bring it to your family and your friends and your coworkers and let them know there are people that are, are, are not in, ingrained in the political world. And they, you know, they see the fake news media just trashing this president every day. 
They won't talk about record low unemployment for every demographic group. They won't talk about the promises he's made and the promises he's kept. They won't talk about any of the success of the Trump years. They'll lie to you about coronavirus. We led on corona. No, you didn't. You cared more about what China thought than protecting the American people for two months. They didn't mention masks or PPE or social distancing. They didn't do a thing. Trump did that 10 days after the first identified case and the subsequent travel ban and the first quarantine in over 50 years. And when they realized that the stockpile was non-existent, yeah, they mobilized the Defense Production Act and they, they kept America up and running. Worst pandemic, the president's told what? We have to shut down the economy or over 2 million people are going to die. Is, it, is one life precious? Yeah, we actually, I'm, I'm pro-life. I believe every life should be protected. Unbelievable. Now, it didn't take long for the uh, Trump-hating, you know, Democratic governor of Michigan to start blaming the president for encouraging the plot to kidnap and kill her by these by these crazy people. Now, remember when when the Bernie Sanders supporter guy was firing at Republicans that were playing in that ball field? I said, oh, you can't blame Bernie. Bernie doesn't support that. But a liberal, their logic is just the opposite. They'll say, ah, is it Trump? Well, it turns out, by the way, apparently at least some of these people hate Trump and were not, you know, right wing militia members. They were anarchists. Whitner, you know, and the media mobs not even telling the truth about that. One of the plotters in this whole thing apparently had a YouTube channel railing against Donald Trump in one video. Trump is not your friend, dude. Sounds like, come on, man. Come on, man. I'm telling you, so much at stake. 25 days. Um, what else do we have today? Uh, oh, we got other news. Let me get it. Pull it out here. Uh, oh, and Kamala did lie about Honest Abe. You do know that. When we, we confirmed all of this, Washington Post even did a pretty sharp rebuke entitled uh, Little History Lesson. And as it relates to Honest Abe and dishonest Kamala Harris, and Harris said in 1864, Lincoln was up for re-election, and it was 27 days before the election, and a seat became open on the Supreme Court. Abe Lincoln's party was in charge, not only the Senate uh, in the White House, but Honest Abe said it's not the right thing to do. The American people deserve to make the decision about who will be the next president of the United States, and then the person will be able to select who will serve on the highest court. Even the Washington Post had to point out, yeah, according to Lincoln historian, Congress was in recess, uh, recess until December of 1864, so there's no point in making a nominee. If he'd lost the election, no evidence that he wouldn't have filled the spot in a lame duck session. Dan McLaughlin was the first to point it out to give proper credit here on National Review Online. Still a few decent people there. Um... Now, it's funny, and, and this is part of the pressure that Kamala Harris and Joe Biden are, are facing. This is why they can't answer the packing the court question, because you got radical left-wing party. They've, they're the ones in charge. They're the ones that are making policy. And they're firing back at Kamala Harris, who tried to reassure voters that, that Biden's a moderate, which is a joke. No way, said the squad and their fellow travelers as they released a set of socialist policy objectives. Their new vision for America includes free public health care, a jobs program for 16 million people, retroactive hazard pay, 
defunding the police, which they describe as reallocating policing resources, which, by the way, we know Kamala and Joe have also been on record saying Medicare for all on and on and on. So they, they, they don't want to tell you the truth about any of this. They just want to get through the next 25 days. They'll have the mob and the media protecting them, not demanding answers to constitutionally relevant questions. And uh, and then hope that they can just, you know, win and then then spring it all on us. God help this country because their views are absolutely nuts. And it's getting nuttier by the day. Really is. No wonder why people are just scared to death. Now, look, fear can be a good thing because you know what that means? By the way, the Portland Democrats just dropped charges against 70 percent of those people that were rioting. Well, why would they bother? That's also part of the Biden-Bernie manifesto. I am telling you, it will alter this. Their stated policies and, of course, their secret agenda policies. Because they won't answer the question. You have to assume that they do it. You just have to. All right, 800-941-SEAN is our toll-free number. We have Carl Rove, the architect, coming up. Uh, Also... uh, There is now a huge effort to silence conservative voices on social media that's gotten so out of control that it's now, as far as I'm concerned, becoming an in-kind donation for Biden and Harris. And I'll explain why I think that's the case and what the alternatives are now for conservatives in terms of social media. I know this guy, Steve Scully. I guess the uh, Commission on Presidential Debates is saying that his Twitter account has gotten hacked. And, you know, he was asking, apparently thinking it's an instant message with uh, Anthony Scaramucci. We all know doesn't like Trump anymore, which is fine. I've known Anthony a long time. I still get along with him. We just don't we don't talk politics ever. Um, But they're now saying that he was compromised or hacked. I've known this guy. The guy is actually a nice guy. I saw him in Cleveland. Um, I don't know. I, I, mean, I, I, I just don't know. You know, it's, he tries to be fair on C-SPAN. I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. Carl Rove is next. All right, Hour 2, Sean Hannity Show. Glad you're with us. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program? 25 days. You are the ultimate jury, and you get to decide. You'll have the final say in who is uh, elected. Uh, Now we have this big controversy with the Commission on Presidential Debates unilaterally saying, you know what, we're going to have a virtual debate, and we're not even open to any discussion with anybody about it. I'm like, why not? I mean, what what gave them all of this power and control that they just they just unilaterally changed the rules at the last minute on their own? Now, the president said, uh, no, I'm not going to participate in a sham virtual debate. He wants to have a real debate. Joe Biden has already made plans to go on ABC and do a town hall there. And they've thrown the whole thing in a flux here. And then uh, now we have another controversy where the debate moderator this was supposed to be the second debate next Thursday. Uh, Steve Scully, who oh, I happen to know, I've met him, I like him, he seems like a nice guy, is asking Anthony Scaramucci, who we all know does not like President Trump, which is perfectly his right, um, how he should respond to the president. Now he's saying that he was he was hacked and compromised. I don't, you know, I, I've had it happen to me, so I don't know. 
Uh, anyway, here to weigh in on the final stretch of this campaign, somebody that knows campaigns well, is uh, our friend Carl Rove, the architect. Sir, how are you? Fabulous. How about you? Uh, well, first weigh in on the debate commission, because I'll, I'll be honest. Don't I get mean, me started. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. That's why you're on the program, to get you started. <laughs> there we go. 2004, as I recall, uh, well, actually, 2002, uh, three and four, uh, we scheduled a meeting, a uh, big international meeting that, you know, happened annually, was scheduled for the fall of 2004. And the debate commission ignored the fact that it was on the books every, and instead scheduled a presidential debate. And we tried to gently suggest to them that the president of the United States had a longstanding agreement to hold a foreign meeting abroad. Could they be a little flexible and move the meeting, you know, a day or two earlier, a day or two late, and they, later? And they said no. In fact, they didn't even respond. They merely reaffirmed that these were the debate, the dates. So, you know, they they act in an imperious manner. I don't think they understand that they have a special role and a special responsibility, and that requires them to be a little bit um, cognizant of the fact that they that they shouldn't act abruptly. And the decision, the unilateral decision, to make this a virtual event, which which immediately causes people to look at it and say they're they're trying to keep Biden so that he can, you know, be sitting in his basement and they can have a teleprompter uh, laid over the camera lens so that if a question comes up, they can pop up the talking points, just as we know has happened during the spring and over the summer. Uh, you know, they didn't, they didn't seem to take that into account. And, and if they had concerns about the president's, you know, what is the president going to be shedding virus by next Thursday, they ought to, they ought to have had their, their health experts talk to the president's doctors and health experts and find out if that was a real threat before they made a unilateral decision. And, and you know, the ultimate victims of this are the American people. But another victim of this, if it doesn't come off, is going to be the debate commission, because at some point, sometime, people are going to say, you know what, we've had enough of you people. Nobody elected you. You passed, you passed the, when the vacancy comes up on your board, you guys make the decision about who, who fills that vacancy and who gave you the right to do this. Nobody. What are your thoughts on this, this Twitter controversy involving the, the moderator of the next debate, who apparently, I guess, Steve Scully from C-SPAN, nice enough guy. I, I actually saw him in Cleveland. Um, I, I well, had I no idea that he had I, once interned for Biden. I, I guess that's OK oh, yeah. if he's going to be fair. But it does seem Republicans end up often uh, debating the candidate and the moderator at the same time. Yeah, I, I could be wrong about this. I, I know him. I don't claim to know him well, but I've known him and been around him a long time. He strikes me as a guy with a lot of integrity. So I, I don't believe it. when I felt the same way. I've, he's always been nice to me. Yeah. And he's gone out yeah. of his yeah. way yeah. to be nice to me. Yeah. I have to be fair. And, and look, I think... I think he is he has taken the role of C-SPAN very very seriously and remember if you if you're a C-SPAN addict you've seen that guy cuz he moderates the call-in sessions and and he's very good at it and you can't detect from the way that he handles the questioners and the way that he steers things you can't you, you don't I don't see an obvious bias there so look my 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 issue is this I'm, I, it, they say that that it was a compromise his account was compromised if he says it I believe it and, okay, uh, I, I think, think that, uh, you know, I'd like giving people yeah. the benefit of the doubt, Carl, because it does happen. And, you know, we've had more attacks on my website and every social media platform. I've now been off them. I have no access to any of it and haven't for years, um, which we're actually going to talk about in the next segment. All right. So we're 25 days out. Now, Joe Biden said something yesterday that I, I and I was stunned at the debate 
with the vice president, Mike Pence, when he was debating Kamala Harris. And and she said, I thought she was actually going to give an answer on the issue of packing the courts. Let me let me remind people of how that exchange went down. Judge Amy Coney Barrett is confirmed to the Supreme Court of the United States. Are you and Joe Biden, if somehow you win this election, going to pack the Supreme Court to get your way? Joe and I are very clear. The American people are voting right now, and it should be their decision about who will serve on this most important body for a lifetime. Thank you, and, and Senator the Harris. People, Susan, are voting right now. They'd like to know if you and Joe Biden are going to pack the Supreme Court if you don't get your way in this nomination. Let's talk about packing. You once Come again on. gave a non-answer. Joe Biden gave a non-answer. <laughs> trying to answer you the now. American people deserve a straight answer. <laughs> Now, let me tell you what we also have. We have Kamala Harris saying she is open to this. Listen. Are you open to expanding the size of the Supreme Court? I am open to that discussion. Do you want to elaborate on that or leave it there? No, I just I'm open to it. Okay. I'm absolutely open to it. All right. Then Joe Biden doubles down and and arrogantly states that uh, you'll find out his position after the election. Here's what he said. Well, no, my opinion is for packing when the election is over. Now, look, I know it's a great question, y'all, and I don't blame you for asking. But you know, the moment I answer that question, the headline in every one of your papers will be about that. Other than, other than focusing on what's happening now. Karl Rove, what else are they, are they scheming that they're not telling us about? Well, first of all, uh, let's let's be clear. Uh, Vice President Pence nailed this issue. They are going to be committed to overturning the requirement that that laws can be taken up and considered in the Senate only with sixty votes to consider them uh, and a majority to pass them. Uh, they're they're going to do away with that rule, and they're going to pack the Supreme Court. They, they, you know, the fact that they won't say yes or no tells us all that we need to know about it. They're going to pack the court, and they're going to blow up the United States Senate and, and, and change our system of government in a fundamental way, and, and then they're going to follow on by passing a whole series of the radical proposals that are outlined in the uh, Biden-Sanders Unity Task Force recommendations, 100 and some odd pages, and in the Democratic platform. Repeal right to work, pass a big tax bill, put taxes on wealth, put taxes on companies, put taxes on savings, put taxes on retirement, you know, uh, pass all kinds of goofy new government measures, uh, phase out the use of natural gas power plants, drive up your utility bills within, within a very short period of time. I mean, uh, all kinds of crazy stuff will come roaring through the Congress that would otherwise be stopped, considered, compromised, modified, made better by the process that we have had in place for uh, almost two centuries, and that is the House is the it represents the people um, that through members elected for two years, and the Senate, by having its members elected for six years, is the saucer that cools the House's passion. We're going we, we know exactly that, but there's also one more thing here, Sean. There is an utter contempt 
for the intelligence of ordinary Americans. They think that they are so self-important and they are so above it all that they can say, if you want to ask me a question, you don't deserve an honest answer and you can just shove it. And I, I, I got to tell you, the contempt that is represented in their attitude that we're not going to answer that question because, and, and yesterday, you, you'll know my opinion on court packing when the election is over. No, no, we know your attitude now and we're going to make uh, our voices heard about it. You know, Carl, uh, will they get away with not answering the issue on court packing, ending the legislative filibuster, D.C., Puerto Rico, statehood? I, I, I don't know. Will they, will they begin an Repeal effort right to, to work laws? You know, yeah, no, they're electoral they're college? Is that next? Uh, New York and California will decide every president moving forward? Yeah, well, they're going to go after the electoral college. The good news is, is that because of the Constitution prescribes the method by which it can be amended, it's unlikely that the you know the large number of smaller states are going to say, yeah, we want to we want to turn this all over to popular vote and surrender our role and have and wave at the airplanes of the presidential candidates as they fly forty thousand feet over the center of the country. So yeah, I, th- I think I, I think that's they'll try, but they they will try and undermine it, but but they know they can't change it. But but look, this is they do have. Cont- Attempt. He may be, you know, sort of Scranton Joe and try and be the ordinary guy, but this shows what he really thinks of the American people. You are so dumb, you're so ignorant. I, I, I can get, I can get away with this, and 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 you're not owed a fair answer, a straight answer. I'm, I'm not going to tell you where I am because you're the little people, and I have spent 47 years in American politics at the highest levels, and I know better than you. Here's the question: When we get back, we'll continue uh, more with uh, Carl Rove, the architect. I want to know. You know, if, if history is any indicator, this would not fly in years past. Now, I, I, if you told me that you'd have a, a presidential candidate that would not answer a question about packing the Supreme Court, something, again, hasn't been done in 150 years. And by the way, as I pointed out the night of the debate with the vice president, Kamala Harris, it's honest Abe and dishonest Kamala. She got it wrong on, on Abe Lincoln, but we'll put that aside. Now they have doubled and tripled down on not telling we the American people. Now, I don't know. All my political instincts tell me, Carl Rove, that they're going to pay a heavy price for hiding their agenda and not being transparent. I think that's right. And the fact that the Supreme Court uh, is um, that the Supreme Court confirmation fight is coming up. And, and I, I think that. Uh, Justice Barrett is going to come through that with the American people saying, wow, what a remarkably able woman that we're honored and privileged to have on the Supreme Court, and and, uh, we give her our trust and and encouragement. I think that's going to hurt him as well. I want to correct you on one minor thing. The court was not packed in 1869. Uh, It was increased to nine. Uh, uh, Ulysses S. Grant had just come in. There was at that time no court of appeals, no D.C. Circuit Court of Appeals. So the justices of the Supreme Court actually heard cases. So the six justices turned out to be an inadequate number given the volume of cases in a rapidly growing and expanding country. So the thought was, we need more judges. Let's increase it from six to nine. So there was this was not an attempt to sort of say, let's pack the court. It was literally, it was a non-controversial measure at the time. It was, uh, it was um, passed overwhelmingly. Let me, the whole intent of it was to have, the, to have, have enough justices to... to, uh, to, to let me ask you this it. final question. How do you see this race in 25 days? Carl Rove, I cannot tell you the outcome today. I wish I could. I don't know. I can't either. In fact, I was on with a prominent Democrat this morning on a, on a call talking about this, and we both agreed, you know, 
this is not a normal campaign. It is not a normal time that has not been conducted in the normal conventional fashion, and we have two atypical candidates. And anybody who thinks that this thing is over, he's behind today. He's got to shake up the race. He needs to have some good debates. He needs to turn this thing into a contrast in the last 24 days, not a referenda, a contrast between his views and and Biden's views. But Biden's given him the opportunity to do so because by saying – You'll know my opinion on core packing when the election is over. He's saying you'll know my opinion on being able to, to grease the skids to pass my agenda through the Congress without opposition on 50 votes. Remember, he doesn't even need to get 51 votes in the Senate for any of his bills. If he passes the, if he changes and gets rid of the 60 vote rule, if they have 50 Democrats, it's a tie and the tie is broken by the vice president of the United States. If he were to get elected, all he needs is 50 votes in the Senate and Kamala Harris in the chair banging the gavel and saying, she's going with the eyes this would be the most radical power grab in in 150 years that's just the reality um what are the closing arguments in the last minute i have here with you well the president's got to find a way to say look at what i've done economy was strong spend a little bit of time on that spend more time on here's what i want to do particularly the things that i want to do to reignite the strong economy and the prosperity that we enjoyed in the first three years and two months of my administration and then he's got to spend most of his time saying here is the critical difference between me and my opponent and we saw somebody do that wednesday night in in uh in salt lake city mike pence gave the president the template to do that i thought mike pence was fabulous this week uh all right carl rove architect um 25 days, game time. Uh, can't wait to see what happens. I, I hope it works out right for the American people because this agenda of uh, the non-transparent, ever weak and frail and confused Joe scares the hell out of me. Carl Rove, thank you, sir. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Social media companies where a lot of people get information are censoring conservatives more and more every day. And what should conservatives do about it? It's next. All right, 25 till the top of the hour and only 25 days until you are the ultimate jury. Assume this election is the closest, the tightest, the most difficult to ever win. And if everybody looks at it like an all hands on deck moment, well, you can shock the world again. Wouldn't that be great? Um, One thing, look, I have been banned by my staff now going on. uh, Linda, how long is it since you've taken away all my accounts and I own nothing and I can't get on my I don't don't have any passwords. I don't have any email. I don't have any anything. How long? It's gone on for a long time now, right? Yeah. I mean, we're heading into the better part of six years now. (laughs) I don't think it's been six years because I I think I had my last fight was with Jimmy. Yeah, that's when you got it from somebody else on the staff who went behind my back and decided to give it to you. And then I had to change the password again. That that's that is actually true. That is a true story. So I don't have access to any of my platforms now. That's when I do want to send out a tweet or something. um, I I I have to run it by a, a squad, if you will of which you are one of the leading members of the squad and Blair and Or the leader. Maybe I'm the leader. Sweet baby. Maybe. I don't know who the, you know, you're, you're the leader of the squad. The, I would the say Hannity I'm the leader. The oppressive squad. Here's the problem, though. They now, you got Kamala Harris now saying Twitter should ban Donald Trump. Uh, you've got, Jim Jordan's been all over this, how big tech is out to get conservatives. We talked about shadow banning uh, and, and all these practices to minimize the reach of prominent conservatives and their message to to people. Now, they are supposed to be in the business of providing a platform for the free 
for freedom of speech, free association, et cetera, et cetera. They're not supposed to be in the editorial business. And Jim Jordan talks about how House Republicans have been shadow banned by Twitter. But I want, I want you to listen to this because let me tell you something. What's going on with Facebook and what's going on with Twitter, and now there are competitors that are rising to fill the void. Remember, a lot of these, if, if they're viewed as a platform to put content up, they get special legal protections. Now, if they're going to go editorial like the media mob, well, the protections, the liability protections they have, well, just by pure logic, should go away. Um, anyway, listen to first Kamala, then listen to Jim Jordan. This is a big issue, especially with just 25 days to go, because so many people get their news and information from social media. I called on Twitter to suspend Donald Trump's uh, account that you did not agree. And I would I would urge you to join me because here we have Donald Trump, who has 65 million Twitter followers and is using that platform as the president of the United States to openly intimidate witnesses, to threaten witnesses, to obstruct justice. And he and his account should be taken down. This is a matter of corporate responsibility. Twitter should be held accountable and shut down that site. It is a matter of safety and corporate accountability. I'll just cut to the chase. Big tech's out to get conservatives. That's not a suspicion. That's not a hunch. That's a fact. July 20th, 2020, Google removes the homepages of Breitbart and the Daily Caller. Just last night, we learned Google has censored Breitbart so much, traffic has declined 99%. June 16th, 2020, Google threatens to demonetize and ban the Federalists. April 19th, 2020, Google and YouTube announce a policy censoring the content that conflicts with recommendations of the World Health Organization. Now think about that. The World Health Organization, the organization that lied to us, the organization that shield for China. And if you contradict something they say, they can say whatever they want. They can lie for China. They can shield for China. You say something against them, you get censored. June 29, 2020, Amazon bans President Trump's account on Twitch after he raises concerns about defunding the police. June 4, 2020, Amazon bans a book critical of the coronavirus lockdowns written by a conservative commentator. May 27, 2020, Amazon Smile won't let you give to the Family Research Council and the Alliance Defense Fund, but you can give to Planned Parenthood. Facebook, June 19th, 2020, takes down posts from President Trump's re-election campaign. November 1st, 2018, Facebook silences a pro-life organization's advertisement. May 19th, 2016, Facebook, former Facebook employees admit Facebook routinely suppresses conservative views. And I haven't even mentioned Twitter, who we actually invited, Mr. Chairman. We asked for you guys to invite them as one of our witnesses. You guys said, no, I haven't even mentioned them two years ago. They shadow banned two members of this committee. Four members of Congress were shadow banned two years ago. 435 in the House, 100 in the Senate, 535, only four. Only four. Gates, Meadows, Nunes, Jordan, only four get shadow banned. And of course, what did Mr. Dorsey tell us? He said, oh, it was just a glitch in our algorithm. Just a glitch. I asked him, what, what'd you put in the algorithm? The name's Gates, Meadows, Nunes, Jordan? I mean, if I had a nickel for every time I heard it was just a glitch, I wouldn't be as wealthy as our witnesses, but I'd be doing all right. Uh, great, powerful arguments by our friend Jim Jordan. Uh, but this is a big deal. More people now get a lot of news from social media. A lot of people. And if they're now going to be in the business of being like a newspaper and, and being able to edit 
and decide what content is appropriate, what's not appropriate. And I'm not talking about crazy people that make death threats. There's got to be some common sense applied to this. Why would they, just because you don't like people's political views, uh, you don't get to, they, it then becomes an in-kind donation for all things Socialist Democratic Party, which pretty much is the entire media mob anyway. Anyway, joining us to discuss, we have uh, Julie Kelly, political commentator, senior contributor to America, American Greatness, wrote the book Disloyal Opposition, How the Never Trump Right Tried and Failed to Take Down the President. And uh, by the way, she's monitoring a lot of the efforts by big tech and social media to minimize conservatives' uh, free speech. Uh, also with us is Amy Peacock is with us. She's the chief policy officer of Parler, which is now a competitor to Twitter, uh, to talk about the platform and and how they plan on maintaining freedom of speech on all their platforms. Welcome, both of you. Uh, Amy, I'm going to be honest. I know I have a parlor account. I don't have access to any of my accounts because my staff mm-hmm. just, you know, they they don't trust me enough to, to have the, the passcodes. Uh, but I know we, we, I don't know what you call it. It's not tweeting. What do you call it on, on parlor? Is it parloring? What do you call it? Oh, thanks for having me on, Sean. We call it parlaying. Parlane. Okay, now I'm getting hip Parlay to this. with others. Okay, so my question to you is, you know Twitter does this, and they're doing it more than ever, correct? It seems that way. We're getting stories all the time. Okay, what is the policy of Parler? And Because I would imagine if somebody puts up a death threat, that that would be something that you absolutely would have to take down, right? Oh, yes. No, absolutely. We do have a terms of service, and we do, of course, ban illegality from our platform. But we, unlike our competitors at Twitter and Facebook, have a set of community guidelines that is animated by the First Amendment to our Constitution. And so we truly believe in free speech on our platform. We do not remove any content based on viewpoint, whether it's philosophical, political, religious, otherwise. We don't ban hate speech, etc. Um, and moreover, we have very objective enforcement through a community jury that tries the violation cases. Okay, so let me. So, what do you do in the case? Like, I find people that are racist repugnant. I just I can't stand these people, or white nationalists, or or people with those views. Do you are they allowed to post? even the most offensive things, or maybe people like, you know, what do we want dead cops? When do we want them now? Or pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon, like some of the the group Black Lives Matter, their chance that they've had over the years. People are allowed to have hate speech, even what is called fighting words on our platform. We actually side with those legal scholars who think that fighting words themselves are not, uh, you know, are not actionable in terms of criminal action uh, if they're on social media platforms. So those are allowed. But what we do is we put tools into the hands of our community members that they can themselves from their feed ban that content. We have a mute feature. We have a block feature. And so we leave this up to the individual user to curate his or her own feed. All right. Uh, now let me bring in Julie Kelly. Um, I don't know. Look, there's plenty of things that I see on Twitter I've, when I used to look at it. I don't really look at it anymore about me that were grossly, that really offensive. 
But some of it was actually funny. I mean, you got, you got to laugh at some of the memes and other things that people put up and the amount of time they they put into even making fun of me and saying the worst things about me. Um, I can live with that. Your thoughts? Well, you definitely need a thick skin to deal with Twitter. Maybe Linda can come and lock down my accounts, too. That would be a big favor. Um, but as far as Twitter is concerned, it's, you know, there is this seamless relationship between big tech oligarch, oligarchs and the Democratic Party. The public policy director for Twitter just left a few months ago and went to join Joe Biden's transition team. So that should tell you a lot of what you need to know about what the platform is planning. In September, they announced something called their civic integrity policy as we get closer and closer to Atlas Shrugged reality that will flag tweets, as we've seen by the president, that raises any concern about mail-in ballots, absentee ballots, as we're learning at the same time all the corruption related to um, mail-in ballots. I mean, every day, every hour, we're seeing new instances of this. And so they are flagging these tweets. They are going to censor them, especially really crack down after the election, because a lot of these big tech oligarchs are involved in this transition integrity project. Yeah. All right. So now, I mean, it's become so powerful. Um, now, where are you in terms of how many people are on parlor, Amy, if, if you're allowed to disclose that information? Yeah, so we've got over 4 million community members at Parlor now. And it's, I anticipate that it's going to grow precisely because of the problem that Julie was just talking about, which is the planned information brownout, as we're calling it, in our competitive platforms of Twitter and Facebook. Um, what we're doing is we're applying our business-as-usual free speech policy to the problem that's presented by getting information during this contentious election period. And we have a Transparency 2020 campaign where we say we are not going to editorialize. We are not going to flag. We are going to give everybody who's in our community or anybody who wants to go look at Parler information that is unfiltered and let them think and decide for themselves what's credible and what's not. You know, I, I do like the freedom of, of choice. And, you know, look, um, I think a lot of people feign that they're so outraged. I actually think when you shine a light on people that are, are so grossly offensive, um, do you have and have you had instances where people make threats on, on other people's lives? And how do you handle that? Of course we do. And then if we actually have, you know, we have real threats, we take them down. Those can be reported through our community jury system. We have a whole bunch of volunteer jurors who adjudicate the cases. It's a quorum system. And having a threat is, is an automatic takedown. But of course, then you have to say, is something hate speech, is something just fighting words, or is something a threat? We train our jurors what the distinction is between these so that it's objective. All right. So, uh, I, I, I think it's very clear and very plain. Uh, I want to get to the liability question on the other side. Uh, then we'll have our news roundup information overload hour, this controversy with uh, Stephen Scully and, you know, claiming that I guess he was hacked on Twitter. True or not, I don't know. Don't forget our friends at Job Creators Network are sponsoring what they want to become the biggest... All right, final uh, moments that we have here. Only have about 30 seconds each for Julie Kelly and Amy uh, Peacock is with us from the from Parler. Uh, so should these companies that are shadow banning, editing content, should they lose that liability protection? Amy, we'll start with you. 
Well, arguably anything that they are doing that constitutes editorializing content, they should have liability for. And I think that's true even under the current Section 230. I don't know that you even need to amend it to achieve that. That is only if they're acting as a platform. And so far as they're not a mere platform, they should have liability. You know, I think it's time maybe that uh, people make the switch. Julie Kelly, your thoughts? Um, I have argued that I think there was a lost opportunity. Again, I would like to see these companies slapped with campaign finance violations of major magnitudes because that's exactly what this is. It is straight-up election interference. Uh, It's beyond censorship, and I, I would like to see them tagged with millions of dollars in fines for interference and having to calculate their in-kind contribution to the Democratic Party. All right. Amy, thank you. And Julie, thank you as well. 800-941-SEAN. Toll-free telephone number. 25 days to go. Now the debate commission unilaterally decides, uh, oh, it's going to be a virtual debate. That and more as we continue. Sean's new book, Live Free or Die, is now available. Feel free to grab your copy in stores and online everywhere. Live Free or Die. All right, 25 days. You are the ultimate jury. Glad you're with us. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program, News Roundup, and Information Overload Hour. Now, Nancy Pelosi uh, was actually a very funny cover on the front page of the New York, front cover of the New York Post today, one of the tabloids in New York. She's C-O-U-P cuckoo, you know, which is pretty funny. Play on words. It is a tabloid. It is what it is. Russia impeachment. Now Pelosi is floating the 25th Amendment to remove Donald Trump. And she's announcing this legislation to set up a commission on presidential capacity to discharge powers and duties of the president. It's not about Trump, she's trying to tell us. It's not about the election, she's trying to tell us. Uh, Listen to Crazy Nancy. Today, again, it is my honor to welcome Congressman Jamie Raskin of Maryland, a constitutional scholar, as he introduces legislation to establish a commission on presidential capacity to discharge the duties and the powers and duties of the office. This is not about President Trump. He will face the judgment of the voters, but he, he shows the need for us to create a process for future presidents. The 25th Amendment creates a path for preserving stability if a president suffers a crippling physical or mental problem and is, unquote, in the amendment, unable to discharge the powers and duties of his office and transfers his powers. Specifically, Section 4 of the amendment empowers Congress to set up an independent body uh, to confront such a crisis. Congress has a constitutional duty to lay out the process by which a president is president's incapacity and the president of any party is determined. This bill honors the duty by uh, creating a standing commission uh, of top former executive officials and medical experts selected in a bipartisan, bicameral way. A president's fitness for office must be determined by science and facts. This legislation applies to future presidents, but we are reminded of the necessity of action by the health of the current president. This is a president who has been impeached. This isn't about anything to say. Um, we got to do something like this about the election. It's not about the election at all. Okay. 
I don't think there's a person listening to that that believes a single word she's saying. It's hate Trump every second, every minute, every hour of every 24 hour day, every week. All I mean, this is what we've had for four years. I mean, you get a bunch of lunatics, uh, radicals, extremists it, involved in a plot to to kidnap Governor Whitmer. I blame Trump. Trump said this. I'm like, OK, you know, these people have lost their minds. You know, Mike Pence brought this up at the debate with Kamala Harris this week is that you talk about not getting over an election loss. They've never accepted that Donald Trump won a free and fair election. And they've been trying to undermine him every step of the way. Russia, Russia, which we now know is manufactured from the get go by Hillary Clinton and the Steele dossier by a known Russian operative of the FBI for over a decade. You know, then we got impeachment. But we'll ignore quid pro quo Joe and zero experience Hunter. Now we'll float the 25th Amendment. We'll try and convince the American people 25 days out of an election that it has nothing to do with Donald Trump. They're losing their minds. Anyway, here to weigh in on this and more, Joe Concha. Uh, he's a opinion columnist for The Hill. Mark Simone, he is the host of the top-rated morning show on our New York affiliate, uh, AM710 WOR. Uh, welcome both of you back to the program. I, I don't, I, I tell you, when I saw this today, Mark Simone, you know what I'm thinking? Okay, she just set up Joe Biden if he ever won the election, because he doesn't seem too together to me. Well, you know, just because he's bumping into walls and he doesn't know where he is. I don't go by that, but uh, <laughs> hey, be honest, if you were the emergency room doctor and somebody walked in looking like Nancy Pelosi, you'd get that little light out and shine it in her eyes and say, here, follow my finger. Something looks wrong with her. I think she's telling the truth when she says this is not about Donald Trump. It's about, and then some people think this is to take out Joe Biden if they ever have to. I think it's to protect Biden in the second debate. They figure Donald Trump will hit him with his mental state. He's incapacitated. He's losing it. That way... By the way, do you know when the second debate is occurring? Because as far as I know, it's not happening virtually. Well, I think the third debate, this one may not happen. The third debate will become the second debate. At some point, they'll do right. one more. And this way, that's Biden's response. Well, I'm not the one that's being investigated. And when she talks about a commission, you can already picture like that ghoul, uh, Ari Emanuel or uh, Dr. Zeke Emanuel, those people. Uh, yeah, I've asked every doctor about these meds. They can cause mood swings. And I said, well, how long does that side effect last after you're off the drugs? And they said, about Five minutes, maybe. So he's already off them. He's fine. Yeah, I heard him with you last night. He sounded great. How much better did he sound? And he was on with Rush earlier today. Sounded great also. You, you know, people say, well, he coughed twice it. when you were interviewing him, Hannity. <laughs> From what I heard with Rush, he didn't cough one time. No. Um, and you can hear the energy level, Mark. And, and we, we all work in radio. We all know radio is all about energy. You can't yeah. do it any other way. And, you know, we got uh, guys like you that do this for a living. You got sonar, radar. You can hear when anything's wrong with a guest. And there was nothing wrong with him. That's uh, well said. Joe Concha, your take. Well, I'm going to admonish both of you right now. I think you're being very unfair to Nancy Pelosi. Her hair looked great. Okay? No one's talking about the hair, how good that looked. Because when you can get into a good salon and get a good <laughs> haircut, and radio doesn't Fascinating. She wasn't wearing the mask in the video that I saw. I mean, geez, for people that are, you know, if you're Donald Trump made the biggest mistake of the campaign when he held the rally in Tulsa. Don't you think, Joe Concha, he should have just called it a protest. Then it would have been OK. 
that, that, that seems to be accepted, right? And uh, that's what we see in New Jersey all the time. My governor here, protests are fine, but, you know, again, indoor gatherings are uh, very, very scarce. So what, what bothers me most is Saturday Night Live has an indoor uh, in-studio audience, right, for their shows. Uh, Broadway's shut down till May of uh, 2021. You can't go to a movie theater in New York, so that's kind of funny. Anyway, before I go off on a tangent, uh, you did ask about the uh, debates and what's going on there. I actually spoke to the uh, Commission on Presidential Debates, the co-chair, his name's Frank Ferenkoff, and he told me before that uh, in regards to this debate moderator and Steve Scully and his Twitter account being hacked, um, he said that he was hacked and he has no direct knowledge or evidence uh, of that is what he added. So uh, Think about this now. You have Steve Scully saying that he was hacked, which means that whoever hacked him said, you know what, our first order of business is to send a tweet to Anthony Scaramucci about Trump. I mean, your only uh, explanations here You're not are buying that. it, are you? You're telling uh, well, me you're not buying that lie. Well, no, I have two suspects here, uh, Carlos Danger and Pierre Delecto. Those are your two people you got to look at as far as who may have hacked this. I, yeah. You know, I've known the guy for a long time. I've seen and I've watched him on C-SPAN. And he seems pretty even-handed. Now, apparently he was also a Biden intern at one point. I actually saw him in Cleveland at the, at the presidential debate. Um, I, I, you know, he try, I, I, I find the guy to be a nice guy. I, we had one issue. What was the exact words Twitter used with us, Linda, when, when we had our issue with we, something? What, was it, what did they say exactly? We were compromised. We were compromised. compromised. What does that mean? Uh, I that think mean it's a we nice way of it means pe- listen people are always trying to hack into accounts and it's our job to make sure they don't get in there. Okay. So we you don't think we were hacked. I know we weren't hacked because oh, we stopped okay. it. So but can somebody Every day get- Sean just for the record Sean, there are people trying to hack your account. Every single day, your website, your Twitter, your well, parlor, that's why you took it Facebook. away from me. That's why you, you're yes. afraid I'm going to hack into my own. You're account. my weakest link. So anymore. I removed that problem. I took you away. All right. So I want to give people the benefit of the doubt. Mark Simone. I mean, do I think maybe there's some truth to it? Yeah, probably. Do I want to give the guy the benefit of the doubt? I actually do. Maybe I'm maybe I'm being too fair here. Oh, you're too nice. Hey, I've been on with him on C-SPAN. He's a very nice guy. But uh, this is Joy Reedish, this uh, I was hacked stuff. And uh, if he was really hacked and so stunned that he got hacked, why didn't that get announced like five minutes after this tweet came out? Why do we have to wait till the next day to hear about that? Uh, I think you just... And Mark... And he, he hasn't put out a statement yet either. Steve Scully hasn't denied this. Only the Commission on Presidential Debates thinks that he was hacked. Uh, and C-SPAN said that they did an investigation. But Scully hasn't said a thing. And what does that tell you? Why, why do you leave that tweet up to your point for hours, right, if you weren't hacked? Yeah, you didn't pull Scaramucci it down. Respond, Scaramucci responded as if, like, so nonchalantly as if they were in the middle of a conversation. You notice that? So yeah, the whole point was he thought it was a, an instant message kind of conversation, not to be public, right? That's what yeah. it looks like, right? But here's the thing. That's what it looks like. It, it, but, all right, so is it true, and maybe Linda has to answer this because I don't have access to my accounts in case I didn't tell you guys. Um, is it true that people on Twitter get hacked? Is that real, Linda? So what basically happens on Twitter is that people can go on and other people are able to guess their passwords. Most people that are prominent and have verified accounts have two-factor authentication, which is something that we have. We also have something else that scrambles everything. So... In this yeah, case, I know, I know all about this technology. I can barely download an app. Go ahead. <laughs> but, you know, to to just sort of, you know, double down here, I, I think that I, I mean, I call I call BS here. I think he's lying through his teeth. 
when people hack into your account, they're not going to tweet at one specific person like, hey, what do you think? They're going to try to get people to donate money. They're going to put out yeah. some weird picture. They're going to hack into your direct messages. They're not going to say, hey, what's up, Scaramucci? That's not going to happen. Well, maybe it was possible to guess Steve Scully's password. I, like I would guess Biden 2020 might be the best. Where I, I love I love Biden. Yeah, one of those. I love Joe. I'm with Joe. Yeah, I'm um, with Joe. Did, a better uh, question, no. though, is if you needed advice on how to properly respond, the last guy I would ask is Anthony Scaramucci, who was fired for the worst response ever to the New York Times. All right, let me go to both of you. Here we are 25 days out. Core packing, I'll tell you, after the election. Ending the legislative filibuster. Chuck Schumer, everything's on the table. D.C., Puerto Rico uh, statehood. Uh, I don't know if it would include a, a, an attempt to uh, go through the constitutional amendment process and get rid of the Electoral College, but they won't answer. Now, Joe Concha, I don't know, all my political instincts, and I've done this 33 years on radio, tells me that's not going to fly with the American people. And this is a big, unforced error by Biden and Kamala Harris. Huge. I mean, this is the number one question. I couldn't believe that Susan Page, the vice presidential debate moderator, didn't bring up that question, will you pack the courts? It was up to Mike Pence to actually broach that topic. Didn't even bring up Antifa as well. Didn't bring up abolishing the filibuster. But yeah, when you want to change the third branch of government and change 150 years of precedent, uh, what, what is, you know what this does? If they pack the court and the Republicans get the, the White House back and the, and the House back, then they'll pack it. And it'll look like a football roster. It'll have like a 53 deep Supreme Court. So, yeah, no one's going to, no one will support this. But again, if they win, they control the House, there's a good chance they bring back the Senate or they take back the Senate. And then you have Biden, the White House is basically a puppet, will sign everything. And they'll probably go ahead and do this because out of revenge over uh, Amy Coney Barrett. You're a great political observer, Mark Simone. How do you see this campaign shaking out? I, I, I keep saying to my audience, I cannot tell you how this is going to end. And I'm being very honest. I don't know. We know how this is going to end, just like it did in 2016. Everything is identical. I went back and looked at October 2016. Polls showed Donald Trump behind 16, 17 points. Uh, and the same articles about how uh, they were in chaos at the White House, the GOP has given up, they think it's lost. Same exact stuff. And uh, by the way, I think the reason they don't say what they're going to do about packing the court is if they say they're going to do it and President Trump's reelected, then he's got the OK to do it. They said it was all right to do. I think that's why I don't want to do it. Joe, what's your take with 25 days out? How do you see it? How do I see the election playing out? I, I, yeah. I look at polls, too. You know me. I, I, I scour over them. I always look at the state polls. And the Real Clear Politics Index of Polls, that's where they take eight major polls and they average it out. This way you can't just cherry pick one. Uh, Donald Trump is running ahead of what he was uh, polling against Hillary Clinton in By about a half a point. Yeah, so he's in better shape. So you're going to tell me that he's going to lose Florida, North Carolina, and Ohio? I don't think so. And if he could just take one more state back of those three that he won that no one thought he would, Michigan, Wisconsin, or Pennsylvania. Hey, how, I, else, if they're not running happen. fracking ads all over Ohio and Pennsylvania, they're making the biggest unforced error of the campaign. Uh, because, right. you, because Joe and Kamala are on record saying that they would ban fracking. Eliminated is Joe's words. All right, more with Joe Concha, more with uh, Mark Simone on the other side. Your call's final half hour coming up on this Friday, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Hannity tonight, say your DVR, 9 Eastern, Fox News. Quick break, right back, we'll continue. All right, we got to wrap up here. Uh, more, our final moments, we're going to get to your calls next half hour. But, okay, so you're both on record, Mark Simone and Joe Concha. Trump wins. How big? Predictions. Joe Concha. Oh, 
I'm not going to say he wins. I'm just saying that he has a much better chance than people are saying. Remember, the news cycle moves so quickly that a thousand things are going to happen between now and them. I, I just say that he has a puncher's chance, 50-50 right now. Uh, and if he does win, it'll be very, very close, Sean. What do you think? Uh, well, we're supposed to say it's close. Anything can happen because we don't want to discourage turnout. But I'd say Trump wins big, 363 electoral Woo. votes. All right, Joe Concha, Mark Simone, thank you both. It's always great to have you on the program, 800 941 Sean, you want to be a part of the program. We'll get to the phones next half hour. I want to remind you, and I don't have to tell you, we're in a fight now for the soul of this country in 25 days. And, yeah, the people that would want to pack the courts and end the filibuster and and put it in a majority in the Senate of Democrats in perpetuity by creating statehood all over the place. Uh, the very same people that, you know, are are literally willing to turn the Constitution on their heads. Look at what they're doing with the New York Times uh, 1619 project. The other side knows, like you do, that our country has done more to achieve and advance the cause of liberty and freedom than any country in the world ever. Best way to fight back, our friends at Hillsdale College, they teach truth. We can all learn the true story of this great country, America, from the college that's better at teaching it than any other, Hillsdale College. Our friend Dr. Larry Arn, his team of excellent professors all at Hillsdale, they actually have a free online course. It's powerful. It's called The Great American Story, A Land of Hope. And by the way, which is what we need right now, that's America's real history and how our Constitution was designed to be a vehicle to correct injustices so we always are pursuing a more perfect union. No other country in the history of mankind has provided a means for such hope and equality and advance the human condition. You can get inspired, you can get informed, sign up, Sean for Hillsdale, S-E-A-N-F-O-R, Hillsdale.com. And you'll get this free online course, and that is America, the last great best hope for man on earth. Just go to SeanForHillsdale.com. All right, 25 down to the top of the hour, 25 days. You are the ultimate jury. You know, I'll say one thing. This commission on presidential debates, this is so egregious, such a power grab. It's such an assist to Biden. It's so corrupt it really should be abolished. It has to be abolished. And the fact, oh, I'll, I'll show up for the third debate. They want to get them out of these debates any way they can. This has nothing to do with any real health concerns. And the fact, oh, no, we're not even going to reconsider our decision. They consult with nobody, and they make this unilateral decision. And I'll tell you what I think it's rooted in more than anything. And and maybe the president, you know, was was aggressive to the point where Joe might have messed up more. Joe was getting a little antsy and a little aggravated and a lot annoyed. Shut up. And, you know, he's a clown. And, you know, come on, man, you a junkie. Just think, take a trip down memory lane and ask yourself, do you think this man has the strength and the stamina and the mental alertness and acuity to be president? Just just listen to this because nobody in the mob plays it. Again, Who gives it? Whether you think or anybody thinks they're going to stick to a message. Why the hell would I take a test? Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, huh? Are, are you a junkie? What do you say? You got more okay. questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. You've been to caucus? No, you haven't. You're a lying dog-faced pony soldier. And I want to see these beautiful young ladies. I want to see them dancing when they're four years older, too. 
But look, that look, here's the deal. Clap for that, you stupid bastards. What you all know, but most people don't know, Unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community. And I had a nurse at, at uh, nurses at uh, Walter Reed Hospital who would bend down and whisper in my ear. Wow. And go home and get me pillows. They would make sure they'd actually, probably nothing ever taught in, uh, you can't do it in the COVID time, but they'd actually breathe in my nostrils to make me move you are actively trying to diminish our second amendment right and take away our gun you're forced i don't know which my which one are my favorites here but it's that bad by the way linda wants to talk about joe and me what do you want to talk about joe and mika for i have no problem with joe and mika i don't care that they're big liberals how can you not have a problem I don't, oh, God, why would I have so... a problem with Joe and Mika? I honestly don't have a problem with Joe and Mika. I don't care. I have a problem with them. I have a problem that they have any time on uh, TV. It's it's offensive. There's something <laughs> wrong with the media people. That well, the have thing, the great thing about airtime. television is you got a lot of options. You know, I can't force people to listen to this radio show. I'd like to if I could, but I can't. And then same well, with TV. Well, they select it anyways. You know, so we're we're thrilled about that. So what are you? Awesome. So why are you all? jazzed up about what joe and Mika are we know they hate trump we know that i just love the tenseness between them jason can you just play that one cut where they're like freaking out over each other trump called kamala harris a communist <laughs> i think well, i think rooting for the astros kind of makes you a communist at this point i'm just saying yes thank you okay Donna. okay yeah. bye no, bye you all just, very good just, very good analogy. yeah excuse me <laughs> excuse me i'm speaking still ahead it's uh, been quite a week for president but, I mean, oh that, my god actually you really are like going to interrupt me Derek cole <laughs> this is would like throw the rock at the police cruisers so quickly and of course <laughs> those are the type of people the yankees sign yeah red sox would never do that this is what lost the debate red sox would president never do Trump that and we we were the first team. You check it. We were the first team to integrate. <laughs> I can't even say that. Go ahead. You're in big trouble. It's been Mr. quite Yorkie, a week for President Trump. He called his coronavirus diagnosis a blessing from God. So, Willie, um, you know, uh, Meek and I, uh, we have rules before we come on this show. I'm not allowed to talk about uh, baseball uh, for long periods of time. No. Nor am I allowed to talk about our lost decade in Turkey, you and me. Um, mm -hmm. uh, what That's my what a decade too. that was, by the way. Okay. So, but, but for her, I have not allowed her to utter the phrase 25th Amendment, uh, but, you know, because every morning she has wanted to utter Been the right words, all along. 25th Amendment. And I say, honey, you, you can't say that every day. Uh, and she says, honey, I can if I feel like it. Well, what? I, I mean, this, what you don't I think that's here? amazing? Like he's basically. It, just, it sounds like basically they're in the living room and they're just yeah. having a TV show around. Oh, that's you know, definitely not the family, you know, a family squabble. I promise you their living room is louder and more hostile with a lot more <laughs> words that we're not allowed to say on the air. Also, can I comment on one other thing? Because it's Friday but and they it's hate, fun. They, they hate Donald Trump. I get it. Yeah, but that's not even the point. They hate each other. It's hysterical. Oh, I don't believe that. Oh, come on, man. Anyways, so the other I thing I think it's got to be hard if, if you're married to also do a TV show for three hours a day with each other. Well, that might, that might but be I mean, difficult. they didn't have to get married. 
They were doing a TV show before they got married. That was their choice, you know? They uh, just, listen. they just. I mean, she's trying uh, to revoke his First you know, Amendment, right? Uh, l- so, let you me know. just say one thing here. I have you noticed I've not spent a lot of time talking about the Steve Schmitz, the Nicole Wallaces. Oh, I know. Uh, the we Never have bigger Trumpers. things to do. Mm-hmm. Well, I, but, and here's my, th- here's my thoughts on it. Okay. They, the only thing I take issue with is that they say they're either Republican or conservative because they're not. And it, and I've just, I don't have to, not everybody has to agree with me just enough. So we get 270 electoral votes and I'll be happy. I'll it's be happy with about agreeing or disagreeing. What, what's happening is, is that it's, it's what you and I talk about a lot of times off here. There's just no civil discourse. For example, like you're talking about, you know, the debate commission and how I'm not that civil just, all the time either. I mean, I'm guilty as charged. Well, you're I, the biggest interrupter no I've ever met. I mean, if Mika ever did a show with you, forget about it. She'd lose her mind. She'd jump out the window. She'd be like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm good. She'd be happy with Joe forever. You know, but the I debate will tell commission you a funny story. But will, no, wait, wait. Can I just say this one comment? I just want to make this one comment about You know, be nice. I'm being very nice. I'm super nice. This is very nice. I just wanted to say about the debate commission, I think the best response is is to say, you know, we keep hearing from the left that science matters, the facts matter. Okay, great. So if science matters and the facts matter, then if neither person on that stage has COVID and the whole room has been COVID tested and we're all masked up and we're behind plastic partitions and we're more than six feet apart, then why on God's green earth can we not do a real debate? We can. This is to exactly. save Joe from from what I just played. A hundred percent. This is to protect That's Joe Biden. That's the thing Biden. you throw in their face. This is a science matters conversation. Uh, listen, it, it certainly matters. Look, th- this is just the reality. Now I'm going to be serious for a second. The institutional forces of the media mob, and they are a mob, and the institutional forces of the Democratic Party. And I'll add to that the institutional forces within the rhino Republican movement or the never Trumper movement. They are so fiercely anti-Trump. I mean, they've lost all sense of of perspective, proportionality. They are raging Donald Trump. And the one thing I'm noticing that is emerging, look, I can accept if it's a free and fair election, I can accept losing. If I had my way, John McCain would have beaten Barack Obama. If I had my way, Mitt Romney would have beaten Barack Obama. I didn't win. I wasn't. It just it wasn't meant to happen. I did everything I could to pick the better candidate. Now, what bothers me about the never Trump people is that they would always tell conservatives like me, you got to suck it up for the good of the party. It's the lesser of two evils, all of that crap. And and I would I'd, I'd look at the choices that were not ideal. I like John McCain personally, but I did not agree with John McCain on a lot of issues. I like Mick Romney is a very decent up to the point where he lost was just a he just exudes decency. And now the very people that were calling him a racist and a misogynist, you know, are now praising him. And I'm like, wow. And then the people that that went out and fought for him and supported him and wanted him to win people like me. And I really believe he was more conservative than McCain. I mean, I can't see on policy where he would disagree with President Trump. But he can't get over his hatred either. And I I think a lot of people that lose the presidency, Hillary Clinton, Al Gore, John McCain, even uh, Mitt Romney, they, they also lose their minds. They can't believe they lost. And I've noticed this, too, over the years. Every candidate thinks they're going to win. They all believe that. And they're devastated when they lose. I'd say, well, what are the polls showing? I'm down 20. And it's not like in a case where Donald Trump, who I think is uniquely 
in a position that he just does not poll accurately. So I, I have no faith in the polls that are out there now. I, I, I did have faith in Matt Towery's insider advantage poll in Florida because he explained the methodology to us yesterday. And I just think that I don't even I think they believe they're doing the will of God at this point if they remove Donald Trump. I think that's how nuts it's gotten. Um, I don't I I don't disagree with you on many of these points. The one thing that I will say, first of all, for anybody who didn't see it, Matt Towery's poll that he did for us, which was an awesome poll, is front and center on Hannity.com. And it's plus three, right? It was a plus Plus three three, poll. So that's very interesting Uh, in Florida, which is obviously a key state, um, panhandle, et cetera. But I think the one thing that, you know, there's a lot of conversations, you know, Katie and I talk about this a lot with the callers and what everybody says is we do not have to have dinner with Donald Trump. He's not coming to our house for the holidays. We're not celebrating any big moments in our lives with him. What we are doing is we're bringing jobs back to America. Our 401ks are blossoming. Everybody's able to prosper. He put three and a half million dollars into black entrepreneurship. He reformed the prison crime bills that all the Democrats put in. Alice Marie Johnson is a free woman. We got Jack Brewer and Burgess out there talking all the time. These people should be the ambassadors and the surrogates for the minority communities to understand how many good things have happened under Donald Trump. You may not like his message, but when you look at the data on paper, he has done more for more groups of people than any other president before him. And maybe you might not like the way he says it. Okay, fine. You know what? There's a lot of people I have to work with every day that I don't like, but you do it. You get through it. It's just including (laughs) you some days. It depends. Other days, I love you. Oh, thank you so much. And vice versa. There's a lot of days you don't like me either. I guess it comes down to this. Um, I don't know. I mean, I it, this is an illusion that people think that Republicans and Democrats get along. They don't. The Democrats want to destroy Trump. They've done everything they can from day one to destroy Trump. I happen they, to think it's one big party. Accepted. I think they're all part of the swamp. I think Donald Trump stands alone in a party of his I own. I think this is what clearing the swamp looks like, and it's yeah. not pretty. I it's really believe. It's you hard know, work. The, the, but how do you say... That the guy that is putting conservative justices on the court, the largest tax cuts in modern history, mm-hmm. eliminating burdensome regulation, better trade deals. He wasn't a protectionist. I told everybody he wouldn't be. Foreign policy that actually wins and defeats the cal- uh, caliphate in Syria, Soleimani, Baghdadi and Associates, the al-Qaeda leader in Yemen, uh, building up our nation's defenses, fixing the broken health care system of the VA, finding a way, fighting to get a, 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 the wall money to build 400 new miles of wall, fighting to get NATO and our allies to finally pay their fair share, uh, fighting for these trade deals that he's got. Fight, 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 fight. Now, I happen to like fighting. I've trained as a fighter. I'm a student of martial arts. We really fight. Um, I like a president that's out there fighting. I don't need to have tea and crumpets with the guy. Exactly. I don't. It's, that's not what I'm look. I want a president that is tough, that fights for the promises he makes. Just remember, and, Joe Biden was the guy who left our men to die in Benghazi. It was on just, his watch. Remember uh, that. Comey and the deep state was also on his watch. That's right. The Logan Act. Good morning against yeah, Flynn. Good morning. It's a it's a hot mess. Listen, you're more confident than I am, and you. Were more oh, he's com- going to win. He's, it's going to be it's going to be a knockout. But that okay, doesn't listen, mean we're listen, complacent. I, that say, means we go and we vote and we vote. In I, person. I, I listen, I'm more Irish than you are, apparently, because I just <laughs> I, I'm, I'm I'm thinking in my head that we're six points down and we got two minutes to go. My analogy. 
Mm-hmm. That's what I'm I thinking. I love that analogy so much. Yeah, you got to go 80 yards, no timeouts, cross the plane, kick the extra point. Absolutely. All right, that's going to wrap things up for today. Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern on the Fox News Channel. Loaded up. Dan Bongino, uh, Aaron Perini is going to join us. Pete Hegseth, Reince Priebus, Tammy Bruce, Ben Carson, Greg Jarrett, Pam Bondi. News you won't get from the mob. 25 days until Election Day. And when we get back on Monday, just 22. On Tuesday, it'll be three weeks away. Monday edition. We'll see you then of the Sean Hannity Show. We'll see you tonight at 9. Thanks for being with us. Have a great weekend. 